Hello, everybody, and welcome again to this, our official first episode of the Lead with Love podcast. Now, today in our podcast with Halloween coming up, we are going to talk about fear again. Now, you guys are going to get used to learning more and more and more about fear. We're going to be talking a lot about fear in this podcast because there's really a lot of the things that we do that are motivated by fear. Um, So I'm going to start off by just talking a little bit about the evolutionary purpose of fear, because believe it or not, fear does actually serve a very important purpose in our lives. It helps us to survive. There Charles Darwin, uh, you know, back a long time ago, he actually developed a an experiment that specifically talked about this evolutionary purpose of fear. And so what he did was he had himself on one side of a pane of glass, and on the other side, he had a puff adder, which is a very dangerous and deadly snake. And so he knew that he was safe. He had this pane of glass between him, but every time that this puff outer would strike at the glass, would hit the glass, he would involuntarily move away from this snake. And he, he made the argument that part of our evolutionary journey is about learning the appropriate to have fear with, right? Like our ancestors if they were going to survive to pass on their genes to us, then they had to run when there was a bear or a lion or an enemy chasing them. They had to know when they needed to get out of there when their life was in danger. And so fear became this very important part of this evolutionary process to move us into the next generation. We had to survive. And so all of us grow up with kind of with this heightened, um, very naturally, this heightened sense of fear telling us what is what should we be afraid of? What should we look out for? What should we do these things? But we find that as we get into situations that are perhaps not quite so life-threatening, I, I don't know about you, Emily, but I personally have never been chased by a lion. Um, and so I still have these reactions, right? These reactions to these perceived dangers, even if my life is not specifically in danger, it becomes this very um, evolution-based, you know, very primal brain-centered emotion that that's very important for our survival. And as we as we start to to delve into these fears, we're going to start talking about where these fears come from and what what kind of categories we can fit these fears into. And, and how do we start to move away from those things that maybe are not so life and death, but keep us in a place of fear-motivated choices? Okay, so I love that this is what we're talking about, especially with Halloween. Uh, I have not been chased by a lion. However, uh, spending a lot of time outdoors, I have had multiple encounters with various large mammals. And it's interesting because as we talk about, you know, these core fears, where they show up in our lives, we instantly go back to the things that maybe frighten us the most. And so 
I want to just kind of tell you one of the stories I love about this involuntary experience that we have is a few years ago, I was at a girls camp for our church. And we were in the middle of the night. And I'm old enough that I have to get up a couple times during the night to go to the bathroom. And so we left our tent and we're walking to uh, the main dining hall area because it had a, a restroom in there. And all of a sudden, I was with another one of our leaders and my friend, and we were walking and we just heard this loud grunting and tables being thrown in all directions. So clearly not something we wanted to walk into. And it was an interesting experience because I instantly knew, we instantly knew that that was a bear. There had been a bear in the area frequently. And so we knew that this was the bear. We could hear it. We couldn't see it yet. And instead of sitting there and having to think through, I wonder what I should do right now. It's like an involuntary, we turned around and we went back to our tent. And then we proceeded to kind of click into that upper part of our brain, which is more the involuntary part, which is the part that gives us the ability to think through and brainstorm and plan. And then we started, along with panicking a little bit, trying to figure out what we were going to do. And so when we talk about fear, it's really important to realize fear is important. Fear is what keeps us alive, like Sarah was talking about. And in that instance, coming around a corner and startling a bear at night, not a smart idea. And instantaneously, my brain was able to move me without even thinking about it. So I want to go back to some of the things Sarah said, where she talked about the two core fears. So those two core fears are really the fear of loss I'm afraid I might lose something. In this experience with the bear, it was really, I might lose my life. This is not a good situation for me. And then the other core fear that we see a lot of things come kind of categorized into is the fear of failure. So think about those for a minute and what might come up for you when you hear those. Um, when we're young and we're learning all the new things in our life. We're learning to walk. We're learning to talk. We're learning how we work in the world. We're also learning things that we might need to be protected from. It's interesting because when my kiddo turned, when my son, my first son turned three, I remember the doctor telling me, the greatest danger in his life right now is his fearlessness because he's not really in tune with the fact that there's a road or that cars can hurt him. He's just not aware of those things. And so this is maybe the most critical time in his life of learning what he should and shouldn't be afraid of. But what ends up happening is we learn that stoves are hot. We learn that bears should not be something we go up and pet, things like that. But we also pick up on other things because our brains are amazing. So think maybe back in your life about maybe some traumatic experiences that might 
have contributed to giving you some policies that were fear-based. Things to avoid. So here's one that um, one of our coaches shared with us. And it was that when she was young, she spilt something. I think it was orange juice on, on, on a parent at a very young age. So you would think that that's pretty benign. Maybe not something to be afraid of. And yet she, the parent, interacted in a brusque way, yelled or got upset or was annoyed. And this young girl at that age created a policy, a belief that I need to make sure never to make a mistake because I didn't like how that felt. I didn't like getting yelled at. So I'm going to make a policy to not make a mistake. Think about that for a minute. If that's the policy and that's the belief, what is that going to lead to as you go out into the world? Which is all about learning, making mistakes, recorrecting, resetting. So I want you to think about where this is maybe showing up in your life. What does that look like? What emotions does it bring up for you? Do you come up with some nervousness or anxiety or are you terrified of things? What about when you make a mistake? How is that then triggering that fear response for you? So when we hold on to fear-created policies that serve us for a time, it's really, this is my favorite analogy, it's really like holding on to our favorite outfit from when we're like five years old. So I have this outfit, um, one of my favorite pictures of myself growing up. I have these little pigtails and I had this little outfit that I loved and I wore it all the time. It's a blue dress. I used to wear it with little knee-high socks and I would wear it roller skating. I'd wear it everywhere. Well, I loved that outfit. It really served me when I was five. And yet now in my 40s, that outfit may possibly fit on, you know, one of my legs. So what I'm saying is it no longer fits me. It just doesn't fit me anymore. As do a lot of the policies and beliefs that we created when we were four and five and six and seven in that age range. So we want to kind of get you thinking about that line on those lines. Where is fear showing up? What policies might you have created that are now showing up in your life? No, Emily, I love what you're saying about that, especially this idea that you shared with the orange juice. I think we can all go back into our early childhood and we all have an orange juice story, right? Where a parent or a teacher or someone has perhaps reacted poorly to maybe something innocent. I am sure that my kids have fear policies that when they go back, they'll say, oh, look, that interaction with mom is why I why I have that moment. And, and, you know, that's okay. I'll just send them to Emily to get their coaching out and they can learn how to rewrite this. So let's start talking though about how do we get out of these fear policies that we're in. Um, there are some beginning steps to start untangling some of these things, right? To start leaving behind these, these 
policies that no longer serve us in our life, just like Emily is no longer going to fit back into that dress, we have policies and things that no longer fit what we're trying to do in our life. Um, And so one of the beginning steps in order to start untangling these core fears and rewriting these policies is we have to recognize when we are in fear. Fear very rarely feels like fear. He kind of likes to hide under these other masks. He likes to pretend to be these other emotions. Sometimes that can show up in anger. Sometimes that can show up in in deep sadness or panic or anxiety. Um, A word that we like to use a lot in our coaching practices is we talk a lot about buffering. Are you buffering? Meaning, are you engaging in, in activities that are just really mindless so that you don't have to confront these fear things that you are? Another way that we can kind of see is many people have heard this before, but it is true that there are some physical, almost physical responses to fear. And we would, we call those fight, flight, or freeze, right? And so some of you can see how some of these emotions fit into these fight, flight, or freeze responses. Uh, for example, you know, buffering is, is a form of freezing. It's a form of remaining small, of remaining outside of the, of the situation. You can see that panic and anxiety definitely falls into that flight mode where I have to get out of here. I have to be, I have to leave situation. Or you can see how fight, anger and fight go along really spectacularly together. And so if you find yourself experiencing some of these emotions, we can take a moment and think, what am I really afraid of in these moments? Emily really touched upon those two core fears, fear of loss and fear of failure. And I will tell you, I have situations where that each of those fears show up for me in different ways. Um, Definitely in my parenting, fear of failing is huge. It's huge right there of of worrying about feeling anxiety about interactions that I may have with my children, you know, or or sometimes the fear of loss. I may be afraid of doing something that could be beneficial because I'm afraid of failing at it or I'm afraid of losing something. So as we begin to experience these um, emotions that are really tightly connected to fear, we we can take a minute. Um, in fact, Viktor Frankl talks about this. For those of you who don't know who he is, he is a, a Nazi Germany concentration camp survivor. I mean, he is a man that really was able to see the worst of the worst of humanity and the worst of the worst conditions. If there's anybody who has a right to have a fear response, I think Viktor Frankl falls into that category. Um, I love this quote by him. He says, when we're faced with these emotions, these fear things, he says, take pause. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I love that because there is this space. We don't have to react with the first initial uh emotion that comes up or that that fear-based emotion, those fear-motivated choices, we have the ability to take a moment, to take pause, and to really decide how are we going to show up in this moment? Whatever the stimuli may be, how are we going to show up in this 
moment of time. Now, one of the things that Emily and I have found in our coaching practices that is very, very helpful for this is this idea of three options. And and we can take a minute and think, what are my three options to respond in this moment? Right? Do I do I respond in in anger? And one thing that's important, I think, to 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 notice too is that sometimes an option is just to do nothing. We don't have to necessarily do anything. That's always a viable option, right? Or how are we going to respond? What are three options we have? And then can we think about what is a fear-motivated option or choice within this option? And what is a love-motivated choice in this option? You know, what are, what are the differences between those, those moments? And, and how do I pick that love-motivated choice? So perhaps let's say, you know, something that has happened to all of us, right? Um, we go to the restaurant, maybe we've called in an order and they said it's supposed to be ready at a certain time and it's not ready, you know, and we may feel some of these things bubbling up, right? Maybe somebody is waiting for us to bring that food and we're afraid that they're going to be mad at us and that somehow it's going to reflect badly on us. I mean, as, as crazy as it sounds, we may even have the fear of failure of showing up on time with the food, right? It seems so inconsequential. And yet it feeds into these policies that we've written. Maybe for our coaching friend who has written the policy, she can never make mistakes. This begins to feed into that policy. I'm going to be late. Everybody's going to be hungry. Everybody's going to be mad at us. So what are my options? Well, my options are to do nothing and to just wait and allow them to bring out my food. Or another option might be to go in and ask somebody where their food is at, right? And what's a, what's a love-motivated choice? I can, I can choose to do this kindly and in love. Or I can choose this to do this in anger and allow all of my fear of the people that are waiting back home to come out on whatever employee is standing there at the moment, right? And, and sometimes it, it may even look the same. I may go talk to somebody out of fear or I can talk to them out of love. I may still choose to go talk to them. But when we make those choices and those decisions from a place of fear, it really is giving our anger away. It's really buying into these old policies, trying to fit into a dress that no longer serves us, right? Where if we can make those, those choices in love, then we are really, we have the power at that point in time. We have the power to make those decisions in a love-motivated, relationship-focused place, which is a beautiful place to stand, I think. So, of course, I totally agree with Sarah. And I love all the things that she has shared because love-motivated places are very, very powerful. Like she said, we're not giving our power away. We are really seeing into our power. And so, hopefully at the end of all of our podcasts is a challenge. We want to offer you a challenge, something to take back into your life, something that you can use to start transitioning to the place where hopefully you would like to be. So the first thing we want to do is we want you to play with some of these ideas. And you notice I didn't say practice. I didn't say figure it all out right now. I just want you to play with them, take them into your life and figure out like, what might this look like? How could I configure this? 
So first of all, I want to go back to what Sarah said about identifying our fears. So she talked about this, and this is really such a great place to just take that pause, like Viktor Frankl talks about, and to think about where am I right now? Am I in fear? So one of our friends, one of our good friends years ago uh, said that her family sometimes gets what she calls the fights. And I love that saying, because have you ever noticed that sometimes you just have the fights? Like, I want to pick a fight, or I feel myself just irritated, and I want to be irritated with somebody. Maybe you don't do that. I do, though. And so I want you to just kind of identify what's going on right now for me. Anger. Anger is such a powerful emotion. It feels so useful. It feels like we're doing something productive with our fear. And I used to not believe that anger was really driven by fear until I really started getting in tune with my anger. So anger is one of the most informational emotions that we have. When I feel angry about something, this is a perfect opportunity to do what I call a U-turn. I try and get my kids to do this too. Take that pause and turn back into myself. Why am I angry? Anger is a useful emotion because it gives us information. There is a need going on inside of me that is not being met. What is it? So growing up, I was not a yeller. My dad was, but I was not. And I thought, well, I just am not a yeller. And then I had kids and everything changed at that point. And somehow I found myself yelling a lot. And when I learned this principle, I started turning that inward. And I started thinking about why am I yelling at this kid that I, I love? Yeah, he's done something to annoy me or, you know, done something to irritate me. But why am I yelling? And why am I angry? So this for me was really good information. I was able to start saying, when I get angry, I'm afraid. And like Sarah said, my main fear, my core fear is fear of failure. And in this example, it for me was always that I didn't want to fail as a mom. I didn't want to fail in whatever I was doing. So that allowed me to come in and then be compassionate. So start identifying where am I in fear? I also know for me, and this may not be true for any of you out there, but when I start buffering, and my favorite buffering practice is scrolling through social media, it is a way for me to disconnect from something that feels overwhelming or fearful. A lot of times it's work. Sometimes it's conversations I don't want to have all of those things. So start identifying. When those things come up, then it's a quick response of, oh, I'm in fear. And then take it through the fear and love options that Sarah talked about. All you have to do is come up with three. You can check in and say, is this fear-based or is this love-based? So 
she talked about the restaurant. One for me is I received an email a while ago, and my first response was anger. And I thought, I cannot respond from a place of anger, or I could not respond from a place of love. I could respond from a place of anger, or I could respond from a place of love. Those are going to be very different emails. Those are going to be very different responses that I sit with. So come up with what one you want to do. And that's really the challenge. Identify when you're in fear and come up with three options. And allow yourself to feel those. That would be maybe a little part I add on. It's okay to feel angry if you're feeling like it's going to give you good information. It's okay to feel sadness. Figure out what it's there to teach you about. So we really hope that you will let us know. Let us know what comes up for you. We're going to be posting some stuff this week on social media, and uh, we've got a blog post going up also about fear. So we'd love to hear your thoughts, how the challenge is working for you, and just let us know. We'd love to hear how things go for you. Thank you for spending just these few moments with us. We are honored to have you here. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss the next podcasts that we do. Um, And as always, we'd love to direct you to our website, leadwithlovecoaching.com. You can shoot us an email to let us know how your challenge went. We would love to hear from you. And you can find us all over social media on Facebook, Twitter, um, and Instagram. And if you want to figure out where your fears are, we actually have this really great assessment. It's totally free. You can access it on our website. And it will take you to a link that you'll fill out a quick 10-minute little response, and you'll get a free assessment and a free coaching session from Sarah or I on some of those fear responses. And we can talk to you about maybe where some areas that are subconsciously already set and how those might be showing up for you. So if you're interested in that, just know there's a free assessment on our website. And we would love to go over those with you and do a quick free 30-minute coaching session with you. Yeah, so head on over to the website. Once again, that is leadwithlovecoaching.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. And we can't wait to be with you again at our next podcast. Till then, y'all.